Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Well, yeah, the masks are mask theater. We know this. I love that headline. It's all theater. We look forward to hearing AOC explain the science behind our personal masking policy. No one is buying into masks, but they're sure as bloody heck scaring parents and kids into wearing masks. Desperate to. Desperate to do this. Representative Ocasio-Cortez, who's been fighting the uh, end of the eviction moratorium, she believes you should be able to live wherever you're living without paying rent for forever. Remember, she's a socialist, communist. This is what she believes. So there she is out there taking photos, and when the photo comes, she's got the mask on, but when the photo is over, the mask is off. This is who she is. This is what Nancy Pelosi was doing when it comes time for the photo, the mask is on. When it comes time, uh, well, actually, when it comes time to the photo, the mask is off. Other times, the mask is on. So it doesn't matter which way you do it. She's putting on the mask for purpose. And the purpose is the visual to you, me, and we. This is not science. And there's Senator Ed Markey, a a fellow progressive communist, sitting right in front of her, and she's wearing the mask. But when the photo's done, the mask comes off. Now, everybody needs to show this video to their children and ask your children, do you really need to be wearing this at school? Or are these members of Congress lying to you? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. Feel free. Give a call. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. It's pathetic. Not as pathetic as the extension of the moratorium. The CDC decided that they can once again create law and you as a landlord can't get rid of a tenant that isn't paying. This was maybe an acceptable move in March of 2020 as COVID is hitting and people don't know what's going on. But when you think of, and I'm not the first person to say this, you'll see this in social media settings. We've put out millions upon millions upon millions of dollars for people to deal with rent, to deal with not having their job. For what reason is there, for what reason is there still an eviction moratorium? The only reason is radical ideology. Because there was Representative Cory Bush, one of the people who was sleeping outside on the Capitol steps, to... Uh, to uh, push, you know, for this eviction moratorium, meaning landlords can't get rid of people who aren't paying. Landlords just have to suffer with whatever's happening. But the landlord's still responsible for everything that goes on. If the heat goes out, if the air goes out, if the stove doesn't work, if this doesn't work, they're not getting in the money coming in, but they're still responsible for everything. That's the America that these socialists, communists, really want. They don't want the landlord to have rights. 
So maybe that could have been the case, and you were worried about people not having a home when COVID started. Now you put millions upon millions upon billions of dollars into this. It's no longer the worry. What are you doing? What you're doing is moving forth in ideology. And that's why Cori Bush and Representative Ocasio-Cortez were there hugging Senator uh, Chuck Schumer when this, when this happened this morning. When this happened, there they were with the big hugs. By the way, Bush and Ocasio-Cortez not wearing masks. Schumer was because he believes in science or something. Did you know this new eviction moratorium has a $100,000 fine and one year in jail if the eviction doesn't result in death, but it's a $250,000 fine and a year in jail if it does? You evict somebody, they die because of COVID, you could pay $250,000. Why? I don't know. Pretty sure the CDC is not a lawmaking body. Let's do this again. Let's make sure we understand how things work. Congress makes laws. The executive branch, the president, signs that law, signs that bill into law, right? So the the legislative branch says, hey, well, this should be a law, and we voted on it, and we're cool with it, send it to the president's desk. The president says, okay, I'm fine with it, and then it becomes a law. And then the Supreme Court, the judiciary, can decide whether or not that law is constitutional. Understand that this eviction moratorium is not constitutional. Legal scholars here, there, and everywhere saying it's not constitutional. Remember, Biden wasn't going to go forward with the eviction moratorium because he admitted the fact he doesn't have the authority to do so. The Supreme Court said as much. He doesn't care. How do groups like CNN put it? Biden shows he's ready to make drastic moves in COVID-19 fight, even if he's not sure they're legal. At that moment, I stop. And at that moment, I tell you that now is a time, unless you're driving, if you can sit for a couple hours, now might be the time to pour yourself a bourbon. And this is where the conversation has to come in with governors, mayors, and the woke left. These awful, horrible people who do not believe that the Constitution matters when it comes to a virus. The Constitution is easy in the good times. How easy? Free speech and and, uh, protecting uh, your right to keep and bear arms, all these wonderful things. But when things get rough, look how quickly people will toss the Constitution right out the window. Toss the rule of law right out the window. Toss your rights right out the window. Look how quickly they will move to do that to you. And this is why these people have to be told in very, very clear terms to go to hell. Mask mandates, go to hell. Shutting down my business, go to hell. Can't go to church, go to hell. I'm sorry, am I supposed to do this nicer? That's about as nice as I can do in this situation. Read what CNN said and lose your skull. Biden shows he's ready to make drastic moves in COVID-19 fight, even if he's not sure they're legal. The job of the president is the enforcement of the law. He should be the last one doing things that you're unsure if they're legal. But it didn't matter. Even President Joe Biden doesn't know whether his new federal eviction moratorium for renters is legal and sustainable. 
but crushing humanitarian and political pressure left him no choice but to take a chance on an emergency move. Impeachable offense. Throw him out. Impeachable offense. He knew he was breaking the law, and he did it anyway. He swore to uphold, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. What are we doing? Well, I'll tell you what we're doing. We are surrounded by pseudo-intellectuals who believe that in a crisis, everything is up for grabs. And it's exactly the moment where nothing is up for grabs. In a crisis, that's when you have to rely on these standards. Also not in a crisis. You see, that's why they're standards. These are the rules by which we live. Joe Biden has said, well, this is an extraordinary circumstance. So clearly it has to be based just on how I feel or just how Representative Ocasio-Cortez feels. Don't you know that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a bad person with a small mind? Now, I call her a bad person. She might be nice to her friends. Let's just stick to her policy. She's small-minded when she comes to policy. She doesn't care about the rule of law. She cares about her own morality. She has told you as much. She has told you people are interested, more interested in being factually, accurately, uh, or semantically correct uh, and then being morally right. She doesn't care about the rules. She doesn't care about the law. She's decided it's wrong to evict people. Well, what she's really decided is, screw you, landlord. You're a punk, and your mother probably sells herself on a street corner for cash. I think people should be able to live rent-free, and that's all there is to it. Who the hell is she? What does it matter what she has to say? People will not open up and say she's a bad person with bad politics. If you're willing to say the law doesn't matter, you're a bad person. Just just so we're clear, you're a bad, bad person at that moment. You've now made it into the personal, and that's why I guess uh, I'm going this direction. Joe Biden, impeachable offense. The moratorium, really a despicable idea. Despicable. It's time to get on with our life. And that has to happen by people paying their rent paying their mortgage, and if you don't, you go. That's all there is to it. So this eviction moratorium is more than just a subject that exists, you know, uh, for somebody else. This is our conversation. You want to get lost in the, in, the, in the nonsense of Andrew Cuomo? That's fine. I mean, I'm going to discuss Andrew Cuomo. I'm going to discuss the absolute horror show uh, that is Chris Cuomo. You talk about a guy, I mean, people are calling on him to be fired, rightfully so. But there's so much here with this moratorium, with this horror show. Because what is really being discussed here, what is really being engaged here, is the willingness to say, Constitution, we can't think about that. We have a crisis. If in a crisis, you could say, forget the Constitution, 
if I'm in power, you know what I'm doing? I got to find more reasons to say forget the Constitution and engage a crisis. You see how that works, right? I swear to you, there, there is nothing I have brought forth that is part of a deep philosophical thought process. All I have done is taken a look at history and say, yeah, that's how they do it. That's all, that's all it took. That's all it took. If during a crisis you can put the Constitution to the side, the key then for the people in power is to keep having a crisis. A multiplicity of crises means you always have power. We just got to wait till things calm down. We just got to wait till things are safe. We just got to wait till this crisis passes. But if we Americans stick together and just do exactly what I tell you to do, everything's going to be fine. Now here, wear your government-appointed gray garb, sit at home and await further instructions. They will be coming post-haste. It's exactly what's happening. And exactly what is so evil. The conversation of mandates falls into this. This very idea of vaccine mandates, and I've got a whole series of things uh, to talk about when it comes uh, to mandates. Because they're not just going to mandate it, you know, from the government. No, they're going to force you to do it for the sake of your job, to get a contract. I mean, this isn't something new. They're all over it. You know how many people are all over it? Well, I needed a montage to explain it to you. Raise a glass to ah, you see what I did? I played the wrong audio clip. Isn't that the worst? That's better. You need a montage to explain it. And we, of course, have one comes from the people over at uh, Real America's Voice. They they edited this thing together right here. They're not going to create a law. They're not going to have government force. No, they'll just engage coercion through everybody's employer. Now to the debate over vaccine mandates. Some vaccine mandates, they are going into effect over in New Jersey. In fact, Governor Phil Murphy announced that all Garden State health workers must be vaccinated. One of L.A. County's biggest employers now has a vaccine mandate to see how many Kaiser workers still need to get the shot. There was a rally of healthcare workers just last week protesting the vaccine mandate here. Denver announced a vaccine mandate for city workers. And now fitness centers Equinox and SoulCycle announcing their gyms will require members to provide proof of vaccination today announcing a vaccine mandate for federal employees and contractors in the federal see they don't they don't they don't need to create laws they can just make it impossible for you to function constitutional i don't see it in in the spirit of a free and thinking people i don't see it but it's a crisis you see how many ways this works this thing about the evictions is just the most evil concept i have witnessed from our government because and i can't say it's actually the most evil but nothing has more spelled out the evil than this and the admission from news outlets yeah constitution but there's no but 
we're in a dark place. And we're going to need to be the ones who fight our way back. I'm Tony Katz. Just watching another one of these videos of a, of a school board meeting where parents are talking about critical race theory and board members just get so unbelievably angry and they literally walk over to remove microphones from people. If somebody is at time, right? They've got these time things. You've got three minutes and they want to get as many people to talk as possible. Okay, they're at time. If someone goes overtime, they're they're yelling or whatever. I I, I don't necessarily find it helpful, but I understand it. But if you're the school board, you're going to walk over there and literally rip the microphone away from somebody and then demand that they sit down. You're going to scream at them to sit down. These board members, they, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do because they can't believe they're being questioned. It's just like the unions. This is the problem that the unions have. Union leadership and and people who are adherents. They can't believe that parents are getting involved. They can't believe that parents are paying attention to their kids' education again. And they're infuriated by it because now all of a sudden these parents are so uppity, they think they have a say. Not all teachers, but teachers and union officials and administrations cannot believe that parents think they have a say. And they really can't believe the fact that parents may call them awful for allowing critical race theory into their schools. They're just, they're apoplectic about it. This one was in in Pennsylvania. And the woman speaking was, was from Iran, now an American citizen. Look, it's all walks of life. And certainly the people who have lived through the horror of not being able to live free are some of the biggest supporters of opposing critical race theory and bigotry in schools because they've lived through this hellscape and they don't want it. You know, a lot of people moved out of California because they didn't want what California was doing. And then they come to a place like, I don't know, uh, Indiana, and they're getting the same thing. No wonder they're angry. Meanwhile, let's talk a little bit more about vaccine and mask insanity. What happened uh, to the offspring? Oh, and yeah, Andrew Cuomo, he might get impeached. This is Tony Katz today. So right now the Dow is down over 300. Could have something to do with the fact that they were expecting 695,000 jobs to be created. And it was 330,000. Which, uh, and correct me if my math is wrong, producer Ari, is less. That is correct. Than 695,000. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you guys. 833-GOT-TONY. Love to hear from you. 833 468 
8669, whether it's economy, whether it's masks, whether it's vaccines, and some of the nonsense that's taking place, or, I mean, because I, I have more to get into on that, or it's the view wondering why, rep, uh, not Representative, but Vice President Kamala Harris's approval ratings are so low. Not surprisingly, several polls seem to have found that Vice President Kamala Harris has the lowest approval of any vice president since the 70s. You know how much stuff I believe in polls, but where do you think this is coming from, Joy? Well, let's see. What is different about her that we haven't seen before? What could it be? <laughs> oh, that's right. She's a woman and she's black. I almost forgot. No, you didn't. You didn't almost forget, Joy. You're sharp as a tack. Very, very rusty, dull tack. Yes, you are. Uh, I, uh, many, many years ago, appeared on MSNBC. Contessa Brewer was the host. And I discussed the concept of the racer. If you have the 9-11 truther who sits there and believes that 9-11 was an inside job, and then you have the birthers. Remember when they said that Barack Obama wasn't born in the United States and they were talking about the birth certificate, right? What about the racers? What about the people who are conspiratorial about race? Because that's exactly what this is. They said it about Barack Obama then. They're doing it about Kamala Harris now. Now, full disclosure, I didn't come up with that term, although I thought I had when I said it because I had never heard anybody else say it. Turns out it was in Urban Dictionary. I had no idea, so I have never, ever said I coined the term. I have argued uh, that I have popularized the term, but it's not like people use it today. For about five minutes, for like like a news cycle, that was the terminology. Didn't stick. Fine by me. What's important to note is that the theory is right. Whenever you see somebody and they can't understand, well, why, why do people not like this? Well, it's, it's racism or it's sexism. That's easy. That's the low-hanging fruit. Uh, to do a spin on the white fragility people, that's what fragile people do. They don't actually look into what something is. They easily dismiss it so they don't have to think about it. That's the fragility. Why is it that Kamala Harris's uh, numbers are so low? As a matter of fact, they're so low, the White House is very worried. They're starting to send her on trips to deal with things. They're sending her to Vietnam. They're sending the vice president to Vietnam because of her polling numbers to let the world know that America is back in Vietnam or something. I'm pretty sure America doesn't want to be back in Vietnam, neither here nor there. She's an unlikable person. It's just the way it is. It's not my fault. I didn't cause this problem. The, the, the issues that her staff has, the, the way she rubs people, the way she treats people, it's all on her. And she's incompetent because she was told to handle the border, and she hasn't. And everybody knows that it's a disaster, and they understand full on the massive levels of hypocrisy they're in. You are telling my kid they have to wear a mask at school? But you allow people into the country by the tens of thousands 
who have COVID, might have COVID, don't have a vaccine. You don't know what people have or they don't. And then we're subjected to people like Joy Reid, who go on with Stephen Colbert and say this. I don't understand. I mean, the, the Trump following is in many ways fundamentally a cult. It's a cult in every sense. And now it appears to be a sort of Jim Jones era cult. A death cult. A death cult. And yeah. um, That's ultimately where it ends. If the leader doesn't care whether you live or die, that's a death cult. I mean, the reality is... It's a lot of hate. See, this is buying into the idea that it's only Trump supporters who aren't getting vaccinated. When, of course, that is completely and totally untrue. But this isn't the first time this has come up. This subject has come up before. You had, I think it was uh, Dean Abadala on MSNBC, who was part of the panel that said uh, this. What is there that, what, what would you sacrifice, you know, for America? What would you sacrifice for the truth? That's a question I'd like to ask, frankly, all the Fox uh, 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 characters and, and all of the uh, the Republican leaders. To, an- to answer Mr. Pitts's question about, you know, what would you sacrifice? I would say that the folks at Fox and a lot of people uh, on Capitol Hill in the Republican Party have sacrificed their soul. But Sophia, you and I both know whiteness is a hell of a drug. What happened on January 6th was an act of terrorism. That's not my words. That's the words of Chris Ray, the FBI director, mm-hmm. that I really urge us all to see this through the prism of terrorism. We are 20 years from 9-11. I'm Muslim. My community suffered harshly after 9-11. We were told you're either with us or you're with the terrorists. That's the same question that should go to Fox News and the Republicans. You see, you're either a terrorist or you're part of a death cult. First, let, let's be perfectly clear. In the most honest observation post 9-11, no, Muslims did not suffer terribly. That's one of the things that never, ever happened. Although I'm willing to believe that plenty of Muslims got a little bit of side eye for a while. But you didn't see a rash of mosque burnings. That didn't happen. And no one ever said you're with us or you're with the terrorists. What people may very well have said is that we have to draw a line, a difference between our neighbor and radical Islamic terrorism. Something I have stated more than once. That is not something that Dean Abadala is willing to give on. By the way, Dean Abadala, you might remember the name. He's the guy who wanted to punch 17-year-old Nick Sandman in the face. He's a, he was a CNN guy. And this is the guy who wants to lecture to you. And when they're not lecturing to you that you're a terrorist because maybe you recognize January 6th was wrong, but not an insurrection. They want to call you a terrorist. You aren't so sure about a vaccine. So it's a death cult. Not paying attention to the thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon millions of minorities who don't want to get vaccinated. Two different topics, same concept. Pay not attention to science, just paint the enemy until the enemy is no more. This is who they are. It's hard to, to, to listen to them and not get disgusted. It really and truly is. It's hard to listen to this this vitriol, this nonsense, this ignorance. 
You know, we were talking about, uh, as, as we have, we've been talking about vaccines, and of course, we talked about Bill de Blasio. The, the mayor of New York, oh, he's got plenty to say about Andrew Cuomo. Because Andrew Cuomo, the sexual harassment, you've got the New York Attorney General saying, yeah, he did it, but yet no charges were brought. And the question is, will he be impeached? You know, there's there's a whole conversation there, and people, Democrats, start and say, oh, yeah, it's time to impeach. Listen to Bill de Blasio. So I um, wanted to ask about Governor Cuomo. When I asked you yesterday um, outside the governor's office in Midtown if you believe the governor should be prosecuted, you said you wanted to leave that to uh, to prosecutors. However, on CBS this morning, you said that you think he should be prosecuted. So what changed there? I got, like everyone, I've been getting more and more information hour by hour. And when I saw you uh, initially there, I hadn't had a chance to see as much of the report as I saw after or see the uh, press conference with the attorney general and the investigators. Uh, Clearly, there's grounds for prosecution. Uh, But the most important thing right now is for the governor to resign and end the agony he's putting the state of New York through and end the pain that these 11 women are going through uh, who were wronged in every sense in an unacceptable manner. I want to state again, him trying to put out some video, slick video, to say it's culturally okay to harass and assault women, that's ridiculous. And it was an embarrassment. And it's not okay. It never was. So he's all moral and pious when talking about Andrew Cuomo. But when he discusses the idea that you have to show proof of vaccine to get into a restaurant, again, no paying attention to the law, no paying attention uh, to the facts about who it is that's getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated in his city. And then it gets a little creepy. Let's talk about mandates. So you're going to mandate vaccines for folks going indoors. How does this affect kids, by the way, who aren't eligible for vaccination? Look, we welcome kids, of course, to restaurants and uh, and movie theaters, et cetera. Wear a mask. That's a smart thing to do. And hopefully soon our 5 to 11-year-olds will be eligible for vaccination on top of that. But we don't want to separate families. We want families to enjoy stuff together. But in a safe environment for the folks who work in restaurants, gyms, et cetera, and for the customers, here's what I love about it. You go into an environment, you know everyone's in the same place. You know. Every- Can we stop for, for, for a moment? This line freaks me out. We'll be eligible for vaccination on top of that, but we don't want to separate families. We want families to enjoy stuff together, but it's safe. When the mayor of New York says we don't want to separate families, is he making the suggestion that that could happen? Talk about something that just hit me absolutely positively hit me i have the woke folk the pseudo-intellectual set that won't discuss who's not getting vaccinated and why they're not getting vaccinated but rather only wants to insult one group of people for not being vaccinated even though it's not true uh, across a spectrum If you want to argue that people on the political right are less likely to get vaccinated than people on the political left, I would say that's true. They're more distrusting of government by nature. That's why they're on the political right, and they ain't wrong. 
Calling them part of a death cult is not a way to get them to get vaccinated. And I would assume that Joy Reid and Stephen Colbert are totally fine with them dying. It's not like they give a damn about these people anyway. But the other way to do it is to say that we want 5 to 11-year-olds to get a vaccine and that's the moral cause? What if I'm a parent who doesn't want their child vaccinated? Is that now an immoral thing to do? Children survive COVID. Unvaccinated children have a better chance of surviving COVID than vaccinated adults over the age of 30. So what are we doing? But oh, when he's got morality, look at him talking about, uh, about Andrew Cuomo. What about the fact that there is massive violence in your city and you look the other way? It's amazing how people all of a sudden have, they, they, they find religion for other people, but not themselves. Bill de Blasio is okay with forced vaccines. Bill de Blasio is okay with reducing people's rights and opportunities. If they don't get what he deems is the acceptable vaccine, by the way, do I have to get just the Pfizer or just the Moderna or just the J&J vaccine? And what if I'm like the drummer of the offspring? This story is incredible. It's a band called The Offspring. I'm not, not, not my band, but neither here nor there. And the drummer was asked to leave the band. The drummer was asked to leave the band, to step away from the band because he's not vaccinated. He's not vaccinated because his doctor has told him not to get vaccinated. I believe, I, I tried to pronounce it uh, earlier today, Guillain-Barre, that's the name of the syndrome, Guillain-Barre. He, going back to his childhood, has this syndrome. This syndrome, Guillain-Barre, French, if you didn't know, uh, leads to paralysis and trouble breathing on one's own. And there have been conversations and talk that the, vi- that, the, that the vaccine can have a side effect, specifically the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, that could lead to Guillain-Barre syndrome. So he, in consultation with his doctor, said, yeah, I'm not taking that. And the band said, okay, you can't play with us. That's not science. That is fetishism. That is uh, witchcraft. That's, that's a belief in voodoo. Not a belief in science. They're vaccinated. They're fine. They're fine. So what happens when somebody has a history of Guillain-Barre syndrome? They can't go to a restaurant in New York? Their doctor has advised them not to do it. Can't get on a plane. Can't get a government contract. Oh, no, no. Biden won't allow you a government contract. He said so. And yet these people think they're good and decent. Look, Andrew Cuomo's a bad dude. But Bill de Blasio doesn't get to talk. He's equally a bad dude. I'm Tony Katz.
So it seems Democrats are being pretty honest about the fact that um, when redistricting comes, they're going to have to be creative. This is Representative Elisa Slotkin of Michigan. Citizens commissions. Some of us have one party or the other who's going to write the lines. And we have to vigorously watch that process um, and ensure, I guess in particular, the states that have control like New York and Illinois are going to have to um, understand that they are um, you know, going to do what the Republican states do. They're going to creatively draw districts. Creatively draw districts. So that's how Democrats are going to ensure they're able to keep the House. In states where they have control, they're going to create those ridiculous districts in order to Keep a Democrat in power. Everybody hates that stuff. Hates it. But it happens all the time. Be on the lookout for it. Andrew Cuomo. All right. I'll dig in. This is Tony Katz today.